You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What's going on, FA Nation? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast here for week eight of the NFL season here, Coop. Uh, just two games, two teams are on a bye this week. We have the Chiefs and the quintessential schedule making by the nfl two teams on by this week followed by seven next week yeah. i don't know what algorithm decided that was a good idea but here we are it's like the nba schedule right now who keeps on giving teams back-to-backs three games into the season you can't get any new opponents you're just running back against one another we have a, another neutral side game here coop where we got a 9 30 Sunday morning game, we have Denver and Jacksonville. So kind of messing around with your main slates if you're playing DFF to go along with obviously your usual primetime game. So those who are a fan of the eggs and football, we'll have that again with Denver and Jacksonville. But let's just get into it. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows we go game by game. We give our quick thoughts, our takes, our previews, maybe a betting lean or two here. And we get you out of this one. Quick out podcast for a reason. That's right. No nonsense. We give you exactly the guys you need to think about in fantasy football. If there's a bet, we're not going to try and sit here and make up a bet for every game, but if there's a bet, we give you one that we like. We've done pretty well on those, right? Kind of. Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, we gave a money line winner of the Jets against, uh, against the Packers. Packers so. yep. Telling people to maybe lean on those Giants. Maybe they're better than what Vegas has given credit for. A couple yeah, that, they, that. They, for no reason were they an underdog on the road to Jacksonville. Even though Jacksonville... Maybe nearly pulled that out at the goal line but you know they did they, they nearly did, did but, they did you know, a little though, so. little disrespect but anyway let's get into it my yeah man. all right first game here thursday night football baltimore ravens at tampa bay to face the reeling buccaneers man back-to-back losses now for the tampa bay buccaneers against the pittsburgh steelers and the carolina panthers what mm. is going on in tampa bay here coop brother i have no idea dude if the thing about that game, if anyone actually picked Panthers to money line, like that, we would have called them outside of their mind. It's not even a good call, like when that happens. Yeah, point dog. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I mean, but look at these two teams. Are there two? I could go through all 32 teams. I don't think I could pick two worst teams to put on a short week here. The Buccaneers in absolute turmoil with what's going on over there. And then the Ravens' top two weapons are banged up Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman. Like two teams that absolutely could use extra days to heal and think, and we take and we throw them on Thursday night. That's how the schedule works, though, right? Yeah, no, for sure. It's a kind of kind of wild how that all that plays out. What are your thoughts the rest of this matchup here? Anybody you're in on, out on? Yeah, so just advice for anybody that gets to this before the game. If you're banking on Mark Andrews and he doesn't play, Isaiah likely, even though he doesn't play a lot of snaps, he plays exactly the same role as Mark Andrews. That's why he doesn't play a lot of snaps. He's kind of a one-for-one backup, in my opinion. He's playing over 85% of his snaps at wide receiver when he does play. He doesn't pass block much, which Mark Andrews has not been asked to pass block the entire season, which is crazy. You can't beat that usage. So if Andrews doesn't play, I'm willing to start Isaiah Likely in his place. Just straight up. Just makes it easy for you as a Andrews guy. Just don't let somebody else swoop in and grab him yeah, that is a good take right there. Likely, people have been hyped for him. We saw him perform, obviously, during the preseason. A couple of plays here or there during the regular season. But a very interesting matchup because we think of Tampa Bay as having a good defense and not one we generally want to run players up against. But at this point, I don't know what the buy-in is of that team. Right, exactly. And the the other thing is, say you have Mark Andrews and somebody goes and scoops Isaiah Likely. On the other side of the ball, Cameron, Cameron Brait is out. Yeah. Kate Otten played 94% of the snaps week five, had six catches on seven targets and then last week he came out had five targets caught four 67 yards i mean i feel like kate Otten with no cameron bray is another great play so if you're looking to just get by this week say you had david and joku or gerald everett or travis kelsey and you just need a one and done maybe not for joku but you need a one and done for everett or kelsey or andrews kate Otten or isaiah likely come here so yeah, i'm with you there as well this bus comes out of nowhere starts Gets the majority of the touches in that game. Scores two touchdowns. Got to be buying in here, right? For sure, man. They went heavy power running. Did you see the snaps from Patrick Ricard? 56 of 64 snaps for the fullback. Yeah. That, that is insane. That's more than, I mean, that's more than any wide receiver on the team played. Like, that, that's just this team. Yeah, just, ba- uh, Bateman mispracticed again with that foot. We Again, yeah. short week. We don't know how serious it is or if it's just sort of a rest situation because it is the short week but something to watch there because duvernay will become an interesting play in that one as well uh, ready to move on yeah let's do it all right denver jacksonville here jaguars trading james robinson 
the New York Jets. So congratulations to you, Travis ATN fantasy football managers there. Though Doug Peterson then came out today and said, Jermichael Hasty will see increased carries moving forward, whatever that means. But a full go here for ATN against Denver. I don't know what to think of the Denver offense. Russell Wilson is expected to come back here, but a lot of uncertainty. It seems like this should be a good spot for them against Jacksonville. Just come back down to earth a little bit, but running game looks tough. And Melvin Gordon getting the carries. Greg Dolchik continues to look nice. So maybe there's a play there for us. Yeah, he's playing over 80. He's playing uh, running 80% of the routes or 75 or so. That's all you can really ask for in this world. And there are rumors that Jerry Judy could get moved. If Jerry Judy get, gets moved, that's the last thing in the way of Greg Dolchik having serious upside. Right now, he probably is a high-end tight end two, back-end tight end one upside. But if he were the second target on that team after Cortland Sutton, I don't care who the quarterback is. There are very few tight ends who are top two targets on their team. So very interesting on that side of things. I refuse to believe that Jerry Judy is a bust. The man has had the worst quarterback luck. And I understand that he has struggled with drops. I definitely understand that. I think he has one of the lowest catch rates in the NFL, which, again, tough. His quarterbacks have been dreadful. And everybody thought Russell Wilson was the key to unlocking that. He's been awful. So trade him somewhere that would a good quarterback, hopefully, maybe. And then we'll see if Jerry Judy gets unleashed. But I'm still going to continue to roll him out there. Like, he's not a he – he's to... still a startable play. He's just a, wide, he's just a wide receiver three instead of the wide receiver one that people hoped he would be. Best game he's had yet, kind of, with uh, Brett Rippian. I mean, 11 targets is most he's had on the year. Seven receptions, most he's had on the year. 96 yards. He, week one, he had 102, but 96 is, yeah, in my opinion, well, just as good. I think 60 of them came on that one play in, against Seattle. He had a big touchdown catch there in week one. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, this arguably was his best game. So, it's funny how that can happen. Changing quarterback. He, simplify uh, the offense. That's what happens. You simplify an offense and you get – and Russell Wilson isn't just throwing balls downfield and making these contested plays and things open up there. Latavius Murray had the rushing touchdown, but Melvin Gordon led the backfield and carries. So, I don't really – still don't know what to make of that situation there. Yeah, it's uh, it's just sketchy. But, I mean, Melvin Gordon, I think they had the conversation. He's the starter. I think you just got to roll with them if, if you have nothing else. But again, you know what it is. It's a split. Yep. Jacksonville side of things. Jacksonville, I mean, got to like Evan Ingram right now. Last three games, the only tight end with more targets is Travis Kelsey. And that includes on a per game basis. So take a guy like Dallas Goddard who had a bye week. He He's averaging seven targets a game and Ingram's slightly above that. So you got to get him in, in your full PPR leagues in half PPR standard. He hasn't found the end zone yet. Hard to say if he will, but certainly interesting. We talked about Travis Etienne. It's wheels up for him. And then can't trust Marvin Jones. Even if he's coming back, he's been banged up. Zay Jones or Christian Kirk, use as need be. Who do you like better out of Zay, jo Zay Jones or Kirk? Both ran 47 routes. Yeah. They, they both ran every single route last week. 47 pass plays, 47 routes for both players. I don't know why Kirk has all of a sudden fallen off here, but I still want to believe that the early season Kirk is what we're going to get eventually. So, With you, I prefer Kirk. Chicago-Dallas conflicting reports today on our guy Ezekiel Elliott and I'm sure you've seen that we had one beat writer tweet out he has a tear in his MCL and a thigh bruise we had another beat writer come out and say nope he doesn't have any injury at all consider him day-to-day -day, I guess against Chicago here Dak Prescott came back Michael Gallup was not involved in the offense at all and then after that game the offensive coordinator for Dallas came out and said that was our fault I got to do a better job getting him plays to get him going so don't give up on Michael Gallup quite yet if you have him on your roster Dalton Schultz I said it when Dak came back last Dalton Schultz last year career year with Dak Prescott under center week one he had nine targets majority of that was with Dak Prescott under center gets targeted a ton here last week with Dak back I think Schultz becomes a really nice tight end play yeah. Now, so I wish, so this morning on the early morning show on FYF on Better Sports, we had Calvin Watkins on, Cowboys beat writer. We were asking him questions. The Zeke news broke le legit 45 minutes after the end of our yeah. show. It would have been the perfect timing to get some answers out of him on Zeke, though he did tweet out after that. Zeke hasn't been ruled out. He's got a knee sprain. He's trying to play. He did give us some info on Dalton Schultz that has me a little worried. So Schultz, whenever he's healthy, I'm fully on board, but... He said that Schultz's knee is, he asked him about his knee after the game and he got more swears back than other words. <laughs> so he's frustrated. He did get tackled in a pretty awkward way. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he know, came he back says, out and caught some balls after that. So yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. So he said, be wary on him. He goes, uh, Schultz, if you can avoid using him this week, he said just to avoid him. 
And he did say that if Schultz is to miss time, the guy that he likes of the two is Jake Ferguson over Peyton Hendershot. I trust Calvin Watkins on that. He's around the team. He's in the locker room. So got to go with his word on that. So if you're desperate or looking for a DFS play at any point, if Dalton Schultz is out, we are officially team Jake Ferguson, the rookie over Peyton Hendershot. Yep. Yep. I said that. I said that last week. I thought Ferguson was a guy that he had the touchdown catch and then they're starting to kind of work him in. It looks like Chicago. They put an absolute beat down on the Patriots last week. Did not see that one coming. Herbert and Montgomery ran all over them. Fields ran all over the Patriots defense. I don't know if he can do that against Dallas. I don't know if he's going to be able to throw like he did against the Patriots against Dallas, but we do know that Diggs gives up big plays. We know that Mooney is a big play guy. So, you know, they're going to take some shots downfield with him. Yeah, I don't trust it. I don't trust Fields as much to be able to run like that against this team. The too fast. Cowboys, Dallas is they, too fast. They're too fast. They're too fast. That's the problem. You're going to have a Parson, you know, you're Michael Parsons spying a lot. Trevor, sorry, Demarcus Lawrence is a tough guy to get around on the edge there. So not going to have the same success this week. But, you know, it, with this team, it's like you start Fields where you have to in a two QB league and you start Darnell Mooney if your back's against the wall. You start. David Montgomery, and that's about it, right? I mean, Khalil Herbert. Would you play Equinamia St. Brown at all? I can't do it. He's, I mean, he did play a good chunk of snaps, but he played 42 of 71. 71 is pretty high for the Bears. If they play a normal game script, that, you know, yeah. that per 65 to 70% snap share, it's not pretty. Brown, the Bears did trade Robert Quinn today, by the way. So that defense, so, that defense takes a big blow there as we get into some sell mode towards the deadline. Patriots Jets here. Mac Jones looking like he's going to be the starting quarterback. Based off some reports, he took 90% of the first team reps today. So the Zapiera, I think it's officially going to be put to bed, even though he had the touchdown pass there. They're going to, I think they're going to stick with Mac here. Tyquan Thornton played 86% of snaps, had five targets, but only had one catch but still super encouraging to see Thornton on the field as often as he was give me your outlook here on this Jets Patriots matchup James Robinson expected to play here for New York as well yeah rare so for the Patriots rare occasion where they ran a very highly consolidated snap here usually they're moving guys in and out this week they decided to go Devontae Parker at split end Tyquan Thornton at flanker, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers played every single snap. So three wide receivers and then Hunter Henry played a big snap share. So, I mean, we like that for fantasy football. We want to see Damian Harris only played nine snaps. Ramondre Stevenson played 40. For fantasy football, we like to have the same guys on the field at all times. So the Patriots are going to do that and at least lets us know what the heck to do for once when it's like, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and all these guys mixing in, it's a lot more difficult. Johnny Smith. So if they could keep it like it is now, at least it's more predictable. It's just, it's the Patriots, so hard to trust any of them. On the other side of the ball with the Jets, talk about going from like the roller coaster for Michael Carter. Brees Hall goes down, all of a sudden you're excited, and then the next day they change for James Robinson, and then you also quietly find out that Elijah Vera Tucker is ruled out for the season, who is playing right tackle for them. They drafted him as a guy that could play guard or right tackle. They had him in at right tackle due to injuries, and now he's going to miss the rest of the year. Mekhi Becton's already out for the year, so pretty dicey there. I don't know about you, John, but I view it kind of as like a discount Browns backfield where James Robinson, he's got 20 pounds on Michael Carter. He'll probably be like Nick Chubb type guy. And then Michael Carter will be the Kareem Hunt type guy. Do you see that, how it's panning out or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think at least they'll go into it and see if that's how it's going to go. I mean, again, we don't know how, I mean, we assume he's obviously James Robinson is obviously healthy, but the play had started to trail off a little bit for him there. And we all assume maybe it was game script. Maybe it was just performance, a decision that was obviously made, and then they were quick to move on from him. This is a Jets team that was obviously in a need position where they had to go out and find a running back, and obviously Jacksonville was willing to part. So I am curious to see how effective Robinson will be, and maybe this just turns into a Carter role if that ends up being the case where you know maybe that maybe Robinson's starting to slow down a bit. I think it very well could be the case there. For the wide receivers, Elijah Moore, I mean, talk about diva mode with Elijah Moore. How are you going to cry about targets when the team's on a full game win streak? Like of all the time, I could even understand if the team's losing. Devontae Adams getting a little frustrated, I, maybe not assaulting someone, but getting frustrated when you're losing. To me, that's not necessarily diva mode. Getting frustrated and sitting, being forced to sit out a game while you're in the midst of a four game win streak, that is about as diva as it gets. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It is kind of wild. But, you know, these guys, it is a career for them, right? Like, they ultimately have to do what's best for them in these situations. And if you're not playing, if you're not getting targets, if you're not going to be involved, you're hurting your self-value at that point. And 
You know, he's mm-hmm. got to find a way to earn his next contract. So one, one way or another, sometimes it is a, it is a business, right? Of course. Yeah. So with the timing, I mean, uh, reports are from Robert Sala, Elijah Moore did everything at practice and he's going to be a full go for the game. Perfect timing with Corey Davis out. So if you're going to start a Jets wide receiver, Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore are probably your options. If you want to get crazy and go Jeff Smith or Braxton Berrios or Denzel Nims, you can do that if you want, but I wouldn't recommend it. None of them. They played 17 routes out of 34 for Smith. 15 for Mims, 22 for Barrio. So nobody's playing a full snap share. I wouldn't trust those guys at this point. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that team. Now, I got to ask you before we move on, John, this is a uh, Patriots going on the road to face the Jets. Line opened at Jets getting a point, even at home. And now it's at Jets getting two and a half points. So Vegas seems to like the Patriots here. What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, it is, I think this again is a little bit of a history of it's like, oh, Bill Belichick's defense versus the Jets and their current offense and what they saw from them last year. I don't know what to believe in the Patriots at this moment. I mean, were they just a little bit unprepared? I think the mobility for Fields had a problem. I tweeted out shortly after that game, the two teams that have hung the most points on New England this year were the Ravens and were were the Bears and Jackson and Fields both had a lot of success running the football we know when quarterbacks are able to run and move around they extend plays they extend drives how many first downs did fields run for in that game Mm. i don't know if wilson's gonna be that type of guy i know he's a little bit mobile but he's not gonna be running for 80 to 100 yards like fields and jackson did so maybe the patriots is able to bottle him up a little bit more and they still have a really good set but the mobility of a quarterback can extend plays and allow more time for receivers to get open and fields is just able to make those plays so i guess it makes a little bit sense that new england is a favorite here i just kind of looking at talent for talent and still kind of giving the coaching edge for for the Patriots here. But teams just aren't really believers in these New York teams either. You know, right. Axel Wilson last week, before he was ruled out, the Jets were underdogs going into Denver, despite how poorly Denver had been playing. And then after Wilson was out, they were only like a two-point favorite. So, like, Vegas wasn't really still buying into New York here. So, I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and you got Elijah, again, Elijah Vera Tucker, the top-graded lineman for the Jets, the top-graded run-blocking lineman out for the season. So I could be willing to sprinkle a little bit of money on the bounce-back Patriots game there. Bill Belichick answering questions today. I'm not sure if you saw it, John, but he answered. He pulled a, we're on to Cincinnati today. The phrase was, it was like, we'll have to see what happens today in practice. There, People kept asking about Mac Jones. He goes, we'll have to see what happens today. And he must have said it seven times in a row before right. people finally stopped asking him questions. So anytime Belichick gets in that mode, you can expect him to be focused and come out guns blazing. Yep. Miami-Detroit is the next game that we have on the slate here. DeAndre Swift was practicing. I'm on Ross St. Brown working his way back from a concussion. 51 and a half game total here. Miami last week. Tua came back. Has Tyree killed. Jalen Waller. Reem Mostert had a big day there. Thoughts on this matchup here, which should be a pretty high scoring one. Yeah, I'm interested. It's kind of interesting that uh, it's three and a half point favorites. The Dolphins are, they're going into Miami, but I don't know. The, Miami is, I mean, uh, De- Detroit has one win and they they haven't been getting any help from Vegas at any point. Any, they're not favored anywhere. It's kind of interesting that, uh, that this spread is as close as it is. But again, the Dolphins, they don't always play up to the, uh, the fantasy production level that we've seen from them. So this should be a fun game. 51 and a half point over under. Obviously, you start Jalen Waddle, You start Tyreek Hill. Raheem Mostert, how are you feeling about him? I mean, what's your confidence level on a guy like that? I mean, I have him in a lot of my fantasy leagues. So I'll be starting him with confidence. I mean, he is the running back in this offense. As long as he stays healthy, he looks great. So no, no issues at all running out of Mostert here. And that's the thing with Mostert is that he's always looked good and he's always been a threat for monster plays because of his speed. So it's for this guy, it's never been a matter of skill. It's been a matter of health. So as long as he's healthy, I'm going to run him out there. I think he's a pretty square RB2 range and pretty much every league I'm in, you have to start at least two RBs. So I've got a world for Raheem Mostert. Mike Secchi, not a guy I trust. He's still playing like half of the snaps and uh, Durham Smythe is back. They like using him in line. So if I can avoid Mike Gusecki, I will. But, you know, there are some situations where there's there's just a lot going on between the bye weeks and the injuries. You might need to use them. But I would go for somebody that's playing a full snap share before I start somebody like that. Yep. On the Detroit side, you trust in if no. Swift? You, you not have to, I mean, you have to play him in seasonal if he's active. But in DFS, I'm not, yeah, I'm not touching that. So unless he's like 100% healthy and like multiple weeks removed from an injury – they're just going to timeshare, and that's what we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime he comes back into a game or a week after an injury, they barely use him because they don't want to re-risk the injury. If there's a pass interference in the end zone, say they you chuck it up to Khalif Raymond and he gets interfered with, 
I could not see a world where they send DeAndre Swift down there yeah. to run it, run into that brick wall. Or it'll no. be Jamal Williams. Yep. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. If you can avoid it, I mean, in redraft, you just have to, man. Like you, you're pot committed. You probably are not doing so well in your league. So you get him in there for PPR and stuff like that. But yeah, no sense paying the price for him in DFS. Of these wide receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown has not been playing. Like he, he's just not playing a big snap share. He, he got hurt again last week with the concussion. Yeah. So. So they said he's running around at practice. That that literally Dan Campbell was like, he's out there running around. Like yeah. he's a two-year-old kid. He's like, yeah, just go run around. But I don't know, man. It's I, the same it, thing where like Detroit, he came, he uh, he got hurt. He came back. Obviously they limited him. They went on a bye. He came back. He got hurt. So I can't imagine if even if he is active, he's out there playing 80% of the snaps, 90% of the snaps. Just not, it doesn't seem like that's what Detroit does. Right. Oh, so of this Lions offense, I know they it's a high over under and there's it's a great matchup. Miami's pass defense has not been good. You just got people banged up. So for me, I'm starting TJ Hawkinson and that's Josh probably about it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond's been kind of playing the Amon Ross St. Brown role. You see those carries that Khalif Raymond's getting. I think he got two last week and you look at it and you're like, that's what you want. That's Amon Ra when he's healthy. Yeah. Like those plays were designed for him. That was in the game plan for ARSB. So Josh Reynolds, if you must, TJ Hawkinson, I'm starting. And then that's about it, unfortunately, because this, when anytime you see that 50 spot on the over-under, you want to get guys in there, right? Yep. No, I agree with you. Next matchup, we have Las Vegas versus New Orleans. Josh Jacobs has been animal, over 140 rushing yards now in three straight. But he's up against the Saints run defense that has been pretty stout for the last handful of years. What are your thoughts here on Raiders Saints? I think you start Josh Jacobs in anywhere and redraft and maybe avoid him in DFS just because he's so hot right now that everybody's it's a good contrarian option, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just you, you go with guys like that when they have a good matchup. Speaking of good matchups, the Texans, sorry, the uh, Raiders are a bottom three team against the tight end. Adam Trotman's out again. Juwan Johnson, yep. viable option Coming once off again. A two he, touchdown game. Two touchdowns. I hate to say I t- actually I was gonna say I hate to say I told you so, but I love to say I told you so. I had him as a top ten. I think I had him at Tight end 11. So I'm a tight end one last week. He finished as tight end two. I know touchdowns are a big part of that, but the guy's a wide converted wide receiver that plays wide receiver. He lines up in the slot and this team is bad against the slot and against tight end. So it should be a good matchup for him again. Chris Olave is going to be playing. We like Chris Olave. Good usage for him. Now, have you heard anything on the Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry front? I've been looking for it, but as of today, Wednesday's a tough day for... Yeah, uh, most veterans sit on Wednesdays, it seems like. Yeah, so both of them were out. They both sat, but that doesn't mean they are definitively out. Before you make that decision, you got to check on Thursday. For me, I like to see my guys a full participant on Thursday. They're a full participant on Thursday. Then I kind of put them in the category where I treat them as if they're 100% or at least close to limited on Thursday. That's That puts them in the category where the tiebreaker is that, and I try and go somewhere else. That's just my general rule of thumb, and that seems to be how it works in this league. Yep, obviously, Devontae Adams, you play. Talk to me about the tight ends here, though. Darren Waller, Frosty, interest in either if one's in, one's out. Yeah, I've said this a million times. And this year, more than ever, I just I don't see why people are so obsessed with Foster Murrow. But besides the fact that he had a nice story on Hard Knocks, like he's never had more than 67 yards in a game, and he's played 50 games, and he's played a ton of games without Darren Waller. And Darren Waller, we can't even trust in this offense. So in what world are we going to start Foster Moreau. Like when Darren Waller's healthy, you don't feel good about starting Darren Waller. So why would you start Foster Moreau? It just, yeah. it boggles my mind. And so many people were doing it last week. And I just was like, please don't do that to yourself. Yeah. So it, he blocked on eight pass plays this past week. Eight, dude. Like that, he only was out there for, he was out there for 28, blocked on eight of them. It's just like, you don't want Foster Moreau. If Darren Waller is playing, then I'm going to start him. He returned to practice. I trust it. Once you return to practice on Wednesday, I consider you playing. So if Darren Waller's in there, I'm going to consider him unless I have a rock-solid option, but never Foster Moreau. Never. <laughs> Andy Dalton officially announces the starter again today, so Jameis Winston, I guess, is just going to be the backup quarterback for the Saints here, even though the Saints are 2-5. and five. It's not as if they're out there winning football games. So we'll see. We'll see if that ever changes, but at least uh, for now, Dennis Allen has said Andy Dalton is going to be his guy there. Arizona-Minnesota. DeAndre Hopkins returned last week. I think I saw a number that he played 46% of his snaps from the slot, Kook. Do you have a confirmation on that or not but a hop came out balling right away yeah let me just pull it up i got it right here i was losing that a moment ago yeah so they've been having rondo moore play outside so rondo moore has been playing a full snap share outside and in this game coming back deandre hopkins 27 snaps in the slot only 32 out wide so yeah pretty good that's what you would see something like that from a guy like chris La- godwin say larry right? fitzgerald 
Larry Fitzgerald, Chris Godwin, you'd see it from like a Keenan Allen, where what they do is you have the guy play outside. If it, like, so take the box. If there's only two wide receivers out there, Mike Evans is the split end. Chris Godwin's the flanker. That counts as an out wide snap. When they bring in the third wide receiver, then Chris Godwin moves into the slot. That's why he plays so many slot snaps when technically he's still out there in two wide receivers. That seems how they use DeAndre Hopkins. They had Rondell Moore outside in the Marquise Brown rule. So the question at the end of the day is, can Robbie Anderson ramp up and get to the point where he's playing the Marquise Brown role and Rondell Moore goes back to that Greg Dortch role, or is this kind of how they want to do it? If this is how they want to do it, that is great news for DeAndre Hopkins because you can work some matchups when teams don't sometimes send their best corners into the slot. And just like last week, DeAndre Hopkins made him pay 10 receptions on 14 targets. So feeling good about Hopkins, Rondell Moore, where you must can't, you obviously can't trust Robbie Anderson just yet. Greg Dortch is done. And Zachary, you got to play him where you got to play him. I agree with you. Still unknown about the uh, running back situation there. We're waiting on the Connor injury news. Obviously, Benjamin uh, had a good week last week, so could continue for him there if Connor is out. Minnesota side of things, again, they're coming off of a bye. Jefferson, Thielen, Galvin, one of our favorite things to say, we have a consolidated offense here. I love Minnesota. Don't we love Minnesota, man? Just two highly consolidated wide receivers. They use one running back. It's And even though it's a new regime, it's like they left a note on the table saying, don't play Alexander Madison unless Dalvin gets hurt. And then you give them all the snaps. It's like they, they're doing things exactly how we like it for fantasy football. If it were me, if the best case scenario would be, you know what, stop using Johnny Munt, let Irv Smith play a full snap here too. Then maybe we also get a tight end in the mix. But as of now, Irv, only played 33 of 52 snaps in the last game. He only ran 22 of 35 routes. So he just falls into that group of guys. That's He's the third target on the team. He's touchdown boomer bust. Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith. The guys like that are lying all over the So it's hard to get excited about him. But Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, get him in your lineup. Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons here. Panthers, upset win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. Both Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman had big games. DJ Moore found the end zone pj walker is the quarterback atlanta they gave up a boatload of points to the Bengals last week as i tweeted out arthur smith and his famous this isn't fantasy football we're trying to win football games decided to run the ball 16 <laughs> times and again they were down 30 points threw to drake london once threw to kyle pitts like four times so i don't know what the atlanta offense is doing i know that they get Quarterell Patterson back next week but that's one week away how are you viewing the panthers given what happened last week Dude, I swear, it almost seems like the season started and the Falcons were going, playing games where they lost 27-26 or 31-27, and then they won 27-23 and won 23-20, and ownership turned to them was like, stop winning games. (laughs) They were like, we need a quarterback. You need to stop winning games. Just run the ball into the ground and and please. But, I mean, they beat the 49ers 28-14. Big points in the game for the Bengals-Falcons. So, John, you know me. I only bet when I feel really good about something. And I think I feel good about betting the over on this game. 41 and a half points. Panthers playing all right. Falcons can play pretty decent. I kind of like betting the over, John. Would you go there? It is a low total for two bad teams. I will say this. But these are also two teams that, like you said, we think are trying to lose. So I am a little bit worried. That they're just going to be like a no, you take it with the ball all game. So here's the thing. I keep on saying this every week and every week I just got proven wrong. Like the amount of criticism that the Atlanta coaching and offense play play calling is getting, you would think that they would react to that and change what they're doing. And they just don't. So this would be a spot where you would think London or Pitts would be more involved and they, they probably won't. I don't think Carolina's trying to win football games, but they managed to beat the Buccaneers last week. So that was the, that's going down. I'm labeling that game, the spite Matt rule game where they just were like, you know what, just to (laughs) trade away Christian McCaffrey started on to Foreman and they were like, we got this one. Don't they worry. traded away Robbie Anderson, too. Like, they just started whoever was yeah. hanging around. Terrace Marshall finally got to play. Well, nice. DJ Moore had what? Didn't he have 70% target rate or something crazy like that in that game? DJ Moore has been playing every snap. This guy, legit on the season, no joke, I was looking at a player profile, 100% route participation. Number one in the league, obviously, because you can't get higher than 100. The dude, every time they've called a pass play this season, he's running route. So, I mean... Hey, if PJ Walker is going to step up and be a baller, maybe DJ Moore's back on the menu. I don't know. I'm man, I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking more about him than I have been for a while. The rest of these guys, you can't start Tommy Tremble. He, he's splitting with Ian Thomas. You can start Don Foreman, I think. Yeah. Chuba, 
Uh, any word on the ankle? So Chuba started. Remember, Chuba started in that game. Then he got hurt, and Dante Foreman came in. So whoever starts, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in for that too. Yeah, let's. Uh, hopefully, one of them can separate themselves. Yeah. That's what, as fantasy analysts, that's what we root for. Then on the other side of the ball, it's it, you know what it is. Kyle Pitts has the second highest. This is what we're talking about. DJ Moore's run every single rap. 100% route participation, a stat we love, but the team has been bad. And then on the on the Falcon side, Kyle Pitts has the second highest target share of any tight end. 24% of the passes go to him. This week, 38% of the passes went to him, but 38% of 13 passes is five. So as, as much as we like to rely on stats, you need to have the volume for them to map. So there is the upside there for Pitts that they do eventually either start throwing or change quarterbacks and throw, but you have to see it before you trust this guy. I just continually move him down in my rankings. His target share moves up and I move him down. So we know the upside is there. In the back of your mind, you know that at any given moment, Drake Wonder or Kyle Pitts could have a monster play because they're really good athletes, but just know that at any given time, this team could throw 15 times. Yep, I agree with you 100% there. All right, let's go next matchup here. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are off a bye at home, given 10 and a half. It's a 43 and a half game total here. Pittsburgh just acquired Robert Quinn. They're already great defense here. Or Philadelphia rather just acquired Robert Quinn to their already great defense here. On paper, this one doesn't feel like it should be. Pittsburgh again last week or two weeks ago did manage to beat Tampa Bay. Nearly beat Miami on Monday Night Football. Pickett was back at quarterback. Pickens still keeps making plays. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean like for the Eagles... Do the Eagles and Cowboys have the top two defenses in the league? Are there what other teams are up there in terms of Cowboys defense? Cowboys probably. Who did I say? I I meant to say Eagles and Cowboys. Oh, you said Eagles. Okay, yeah. I thought I only heard the Eagles. So Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the Bills? Bills got a pretty yeah, good Bills defense. Bills are up there, yeah. 49ers, but I mean these two, especially with the Eagles making that move. I mean, the Cowboys defense has been great as well, but defensive powerhouses over there. For the Eagles, Dallas Goddard had a down game last game, but which is strange because he had Arguably his best usage, usage he's had all season. He played 70 of 71 snaps. He didn't pass block on a single pass play. And he lined up at wide receiver for a decent chunk of his snaps. So Dallas Goddard, if you've been trusting him all year, you just put him right back in there and you can continue to ride that unless you have also like a Kelsey or a Kittle or an Andrews. Beyond yeah. that, Dallas Goddard is about as safe as it gets. And yeah. then, of course, you start A.J. Brown, you start Devonta Smith. Miles Sanders has been surprisingly good. Yeah. He's the top top 10 running back. We, of Yards. course, draft him every single year. And then last year, he doesn't do. score. This year, we didn't take him. <laughs> and he's having a year we all figured he could. So. I was taking him. I wrote the article. I wrote the article. But even in the article, I had to warn people of the downside. Because it's like, you can't just... I, some people like to go all sunshine, sunshine, sunshine and roses. But I had to warn people of Jalen Hurts and all that. But hey, he's he's been reliable. Kenneth Gain, Boston Scott, on the back burner. He played more snaps combined than those two those two combined for 27 snaps he played 44 so i wouldn't worry about those guys at this point then on the other side of this game it's it's the steelers and Najee harris is difficult to watch because you see the flashes right the skill is there for the individual player but he's not getting the full snap share that he got last year and they're not really in a position to be, be pounding the rock so kind of a tough situation but you still got to start him everywhere you have him, right Najee's not a guy you're benching john yeah, no. I mean, no, you're not. And I yeah. loved everybody. It was like Tomlin came out. I was like, oh, we're going to give Jalen Warren more opportunity. And of course, didn't. So, of course not. Uh, don't buy into that. And uh, then, just quick, the wide, wide receivers Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth. All four of those guys are playing pretty much all the snaps. Deontay Johnson leads in targets. And then the other guys are pretty even between 40 and 44 targets all for Claypool. Yeah, they're Fryermuth, all wide receivers slash flex plays. Exactly. I, but the thing, of, the thing, way I look at it is, it's close. Fryermuth did miss a game, so when I look at it, when it's that even, it's kind of the same way I look at the Jaguars. If it's going to be even, give me the guy I can start at tight end. So I do kind of like Fryermuth there. It would be nice if Chase Claypool, if these trade rumors turned out to be real, that would really consolidate things, and I'd feel a lot better about that. Yep, that's fine. We have Tennessee versus Houston. Brandon Cooks didn't practice today, non-injury related. It could have just be a rest day for the veterans, or. Could be that Houston's on the trade mm. block. Brandon Cooks was rumored <laughs> to be on the trade block, obviously, going into the year. Didn't get traded. Coming to the trade deadline now. It could be one of the more active NFL trade deadlines we've maybe ever seen. We'll see how that plays out. But be on the watch for that because Nico Collins left the other day with an injury as well in that. Old friend Philip Dorsett played 56% of the offensive snaps after Collins left that game at two catches and a touchdown. Things could be looking pretty dark here for Houston outside of Damian Pierce in this offense there as they run up against Tennessee. 
I don't know if you saw the tweet. I think it was Ian Hartz maybe had it earlier today. The last three games for Derrick Henry against the Tennessee, against the Houston Texans. Over 200 yards rushing in all three of those games, multiple touchdowns in all three of those games. Bro, Henry just crushes his division. He smashes on the division. There's clips of him throwing Jaguars players all over the ground. <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's had now six of his last seven games against the Colts. He's had a, over 100 yards, including last week. And then, of course, he just eats the Texans. Yeah, 211, 212, and 250 yards rushing the last three times. Three touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns in those three games. So when you talk about fading Josh Jacobs because he's bad chalk in this matchup, Derrick Henry would be the good chalk then, I'm guessing, John? If you're not building your lineups around Derrick Henry today, this week, good luck. Here's the other thing. We talk about this historically with Derrick Henry. When the calendar flips to, like, October, the second half of this man's seasons are just epic. Right? Like, better. It, yeah. It's like he he's like one of those lawnmowers that you got to let the engine run a little bit to warm up, and then... Once it starts going, like that thing just runs through whatever you got to go over. That is what we got here with Derrick Henry, full bore head as we hit November, and he's got a matchup against Ten. He got a matchup against Houston where he just they just don't stop. Maybe he's like they say they're like cheetah. They're fast, but they run so fast that they're like brains overheat. That's why that's the only way animals get away from them. But once it gets cold, Derrick Henry he just doesn't overheat. Like the cold, the cold keeps him fresh. He just he runs all day long. So Derrick Henry, he's a guy that. With this matchup, you get him in there. If you can trade for him at this point, I mean, probably not. No, but. yeah, you'd be giving up a whole – if he's on a team that's in last place, maybe, sure. But anybody that's mildly is not going to be trading. Yeah. And I'm glad we had a lot to say about Derrick Henry here because I look at the rest of this matchup and I honestly don't know if there's a single other player from this entire game that I'm interested in for fantasy football. No Jordan Akins? Recent production out of our boy here, J.A. I know, man. I want it bad for him, but he's just not running. He's not playing enough. It's yeah. so hard to trust the guy that, you know, he – Brevin Jordan still ran like 17 routes. Akins ran, Akins ran 20. 23, but 23 routes on 42 pass attempts is, is crazy, man. I mean, they let him, they cut him earlier this year and brought and him back. I know. Then they signed him back. Was there, Obviously, Brevin Jordan wasn't the answer, so. He, well, he got hurt. I mean, I don't, that's why I don't know there. I don't know. But he ran oh, more routes. Damien, Damien than, Pierce. Than, you started, yeah, you Damien Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, you start Pierce. Dorsett DFS is only 3,200. If Collins is out, if Cooks is out, I'll play, I'll play Phil Dorsett. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you got to save money to start Derrick Henry. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's good to have a guy come back in the stack. Anybody else in Tennessee would you even consider other than Derrick? Robert the ghost, Woods. The maybe. ghost of Robert Woods. Yeah, that's it. I, I can, you can't start Nick Westbrook. No. It's just not. It's just not the matchup yeah. for it. When right? does Traylon Brooks come back? That's all I know. Soon, I need it. Soon I hope. Need it. Giants, Seattle here. DK Metcalf getting practice today. We'll see if he's going to play or not this week. Apparently avoided serious knee injury, so we'll see what the status of him there. Kenneth Walker is that dude, so you can certainly go ahead and start him freely wherever you want. Geno Smith coming back down to earth a little bit. Marquise Goodwin had two scores. After Metcalf went out last week, Lockett looked good. I know you were worried about the injury with Lockett, but he yeah. played pretty well last week. And then on the Giants side of things, Wondell Robinson became, again, we expected him to see a snap count increase. He got the volume. Barkley's great. Daniel Jones ran for 100 yards last week. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he's capable of that. We know it. If he doesn't fall, although he once again yeah. fell down on his own power. But it's yeah. just, if, he, if one of these games he doesn't fall down on his own power, I'll have 200 rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if you had told me that come Halloween, I would be sitting here kind of excited about a Giants-Seahawks game, I would say you're outside of your mind. But, I mean, <laughs> two hottest teams in football right now, no? Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so, and these rookies are playing great. The rookie linemen for these teams have been pretty good. I mean, Evan Neal's had his struggles and actually left this game. But I say, He know, left this game with a pretty bad injury from what I remember. Yeah, so, so that, that kind of stinks and there. And broken orbital bone for Ballinger? I know, I saw that. It looked like his eye came out. So yeah. but you can't really trust Tanner Hudson. I'd say Tanner I, Hudson want, or Merrick, if, Mar- right, something I, like that. I, I'm going to have him. In, I'll have him in the DFS article as a deep dart throw just because Seattle is the very worst team in the league versus that end, and it's not close. Like, we people in the fantasy industry, we overuse. It's not particularly close, but I'm saying that it's not close when it comes to tight end here. Like, they are giving up four or five more points than any other team to the tight end. Like, it, the Seahawks are just not covering the tight end. So yeah, might have to mix Tanner Hudson in, in a spot or two. And like you said, with Wondell Robinson, I saw exactly what we needed to see. I was the one that was hesitant. You were on board and uh, it went the way you were. You what were did in. I say? Yeah, they, they ramped them up. Boom, them up. 70% snap share. So, so now I'm in 40, 35 of 43 routes. That's plenty enough for me. I think it... Uh, when does Kadarius Tony come back? Because I got him a, for a dollar on waivers this morning. So I'm just waiting. The scary part is that they said that him and Galladay weren't and last week, they ruled him out on Monday when yeah. they didn't have to. And they said that Galladay was closer than 
Kadarius Tony and Galladay is not close. So kind of scary there, but you got to stash guys like that, the explosiveness. On the Seattle side, Geno Smith is a guy I'm starting in leagues. With this matchup, it's fine too. Like you got to go somewhere. It sucks that Metcalf's out though. That's the one rub. Marquise Goodwin, any interest there, John, for the uh, track? I mean, if you have to, but yeah. not really. Not really either. Yeah, it's Kenneth Walker. You want Kenneth Walker, you want Tyler Lockett, and that's about it. You can't trust. I wish no fan was running more routes. 21 of 37. It's not quite enough for me. Will Disley ran 22. You took those two guys and just, if one of those two guys got hurt, I'd move the other one up immediately, but I just can't do it for now. Yeah, I hear you there. San Francisco versus the Los Angeles Rams here. This is that matchup where Kyle Shanahan has beaten McVay like 11 straight times, it seems. I think it was except for the playoff game, basically. It was the only time they've lost. And they beat them earlier this year already. They're back from a bye. Maybe Stafford's healed up enough maybe they get robinson going we know no cam makers they're gonna go daryl henderson higby had a big game against the 49ers in their first so rams are still a lot of question marks san francisco we got cmc back in that lineup last week we saw a little bit of glimpses of what that could be like kittle big day for him yeah kittle's the man he only ran 46 of 51 routes only blocked on one pass play so that's what i'm talking about man you take uh the routes that Disley ran and the routes that Noah Fant ran and add those together, it's still not as many routes as George Kittle ran. So that's what you want. You want that guy. You want highly consolidated offense, which is what we have here. I guess the only concern now is if CMC is going to get 10 targets or eight targets or whatever, it could take away from Bo and uh, Debo Ayuk and Kittle. But, you know, there, there are so many teams that use, like they rotate guys in and out and they have four or five wide receivers they use. We just got to be happy it's two wide receivers in the tight end here and just Start those guys where, you know, you start Debo everywhere, you start Kittle everywhere, you start CMC everywhere. So Luke's the only one that is a question. On the other side, Tyler Higby, man, I moved him up in my rankings almost against my will. But you know me, John, I got to go by what the numbers are saying. This guy was playing 90 to 95% of the snaps. He was running all the routes. And then now he's got kind of a bum ankle. The line's kind of banged up and they play him. He only plays 51 of 65 snaps, and he blocks on six pass plays. So he only ran 21 of 35 routes. So this is the Higby we're used to seeing. If he doesn't come out of the bye healthy and running routes again like he was early in the season, got to move him back down. So Tyler Higby, maybe not as – because everything else about this player besides the snap share and the target share is bad. Yeah. Super low A dot, under four yards, not athletic, not breaking tackles. So he might have to get moved back. One thing I got to ask you here because Cooper Cup, we're in – Allen Robinson, John, are you willing to give him no shot? I don't think in this matchup, no. No. I think he's still on my bench. You're not dropping him, but you're not moving him in. If you had to pick between Allen Robinson and DJ Moore. Oh, God. Probably DJ Moore. Probably DJ Moore because of the matchup. Yeah, I think so too, man. And he's encouraged by the recent play, I guess, from there. That's rough, though. Uh, QB. You you have a reason. You can can build a narrative, right? Yeah. Washington versus Indianapolis here. Uh, Sam Ellinger, now the new quarterback for the Colts. I don't know what that's going to do for that offense. 39.5 game total here. Colts, despite having Sam Ellinger, are a three-point home favorite against the Washington Commanders, who went with Taylor Haneke. They won last week against Green Bay, which, again, I think we talked about that, too. Like, we weren't really sure about Green Bay being a favorite against anybody. Washington goes on there and wins at home. Brian Robinson didn't look great, but he got 20 carries. So you're going to love the volume that you're getting out of Robinson here. Maybe Logan Thomas can find his way back to the field, but there's still a lot of questions around both of these teams. Yeah, it's a mess at tight end, man. Cole Turner got a concussion. John Bates has been banged up. He's got a hamstring, so he barely played. Logan Thomas has been hurt. I mean, dude, what do we got to do to see my boy Eli Wolf? Is he on their practice squad? He is, yeah. He is on their practice squad right now. Wolf Watch. Stars are aligning. Wolf Watch 2023. I mean, if he can't get in, if he can't get in uh, with all that going on, then he's never going to get in. So, But anyway, that's just a deep cut player we like to bring up. I mean, I'll say one thing. Terry McLaurin, right? I looked this up. Taylor Heineke last, he started 17 games for Washington coming into this past week, which is a great sample size because that's how many games are in a season now. He had 123 targets to Terry McLaurin during those games, which is 7.24, which is, I mean, doesn't get much better than that. First game out, he throws eight targets to Terry McLaurin. So I think that this QB switch, not only am I not downgrading Terry McLaurin, but I might even be a little more interested in Terry McLaurin than usual. So we don't mind Taylor Heineke at QB no. for Terry McLaurin. Yep. Kurt, Curtis Samuel, you like him where you liked him before? 
And uh, that's kind of it over there. You start Brian Robinson, we have to. At least Robinson got two targets because coming into this game, he had yet, he got his very first NFL target this week. So that's a little something. Yeah. On the Colts side. I don't know what to do with the Colts side of things. So we don't know what the offense is going to look like here. Dude. So we talked about this before. We're like, we liked Alec Pierce, right? And we were saying, okay, Paris Campbell's playing all the snaps. Maybe that swaps, right? So we were like, okay, maybe that happens here. Then it didn't. Then Paris Campbell played 100% of the snaps. This is in week six and he got 10 targets. So we're like, okay, we're on Paris Campbell now. Right. So we were on Paris Campbell. He does well last week, which is nice for us. He played a huge snapshot, but they turned around and went full Sean McVay this week, John. I'm not sure if you saw this, but Michael Pittman played 64 of 64 snaps. That's 100%. Paris Campbell played 63 of 64. So over the last two weeks, Paris Campbell has played every snap except one. Alec Pierce played 62 of 64. So they just said, you guys are the three wide receivers. The next highest was Michael Strachan played two. So he said, you guys are the wide receivers. Let's ride. So you put the QB change. Now it's all up in the air. I guess they went to Matt Ryan and said, hey, we were going to get you a good O-line. We're going to get you a good running back. We didn't do that. So we have to go with the more mobile guy here. That's how they spun it to him. But uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's those three guys. We're going to find out this week who Sam Ellinger likes. And then whoever that is, we're going to like that guy. Who's he been thrown to at practice? That's what I, I wish I knew. I might have to <laughs> We'll get Jacob Sanderson on it. He's a big Colts guy. We'll see what he has to say. Yeah. So, uh, but I, yeah, Ellinger is a pretty mobile quarterback. He was at Texas, so they could maybe run some more RPOs now with Jonathan Taylor, which could be pretty dangerous, honestly, running an RPO with Taylor. The defense is having to guard against that. So something to watch there. But overall, I don't have a ton of interest in either of these two teams. Green mm-hmm. Bay versus Buffalo. Green Bay going into Buffalo here. Here's your Sunday night football game. Buffalo, a 10.5-point favorite. Buffalo coming out of the bye. I like everybody in Buffalo. I don't think mm-hmm. you can really play anybody in Green Bay. Alan Lazard mm-hmm. is banged up. Tonyan against Buffalo. Dubs against Buffalo, not great. Running backs against Buffalo, not great. So I'm going to X out everybody in Green Bay unless you have to absolutely play Aaron Jones. And then Buffalo side, I think it's a full systems go for everybody. Yeah, full systems go coming out of the bye. And I will tell, I will say this one thing. Here's my advice with some of these Packers players especially Romeo Dobbs. Aaron Rodgers came out and had some weird quote on the Pat McCaffrey show about how there have been double-digit mental mistakes. I'm not sure I was keeping track of that, but there have been double-digit mental mistakes by this team virtually every week when in previous years, at most, he would see seven. So he actually, it sounds like he has, you know, it's a pretty specific number. So he has been keeping track. Romeo Dobbs is a guy that he has now has drops in back-to-back games he has two fumbles this season he does penalties so if you can if you're if you have Romeo Dubs and you can package him up and move him he the words out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth were that we need to start cutting reps and there's only been two guys that have been playing like every snap Alan Lazard and Romeo Dubs and Alan Lazard's been fine so yeah be careful with the dubster he just played the entire game and didn't catch a single pass so be real careful there with that guy I wouldn't trust that guy as far as I could throw him. Oh, the report today that they were maybe looking at AJ Green. I mean, I don't know. Like it's just Yeah. That would be the perfect uh, old man quarterback trades for old man wide receiver. Like that's that's Randall Cobb out. must come over for me to come back. Okay. Aaron. Did, did you see his comments on the Bills, dude? He was like, Oh, they got the Bills, man. They have a great quarterback, great offense, great run game, great defense. They got Jake Kumaro. They got a lot of great things going for him. I was like, is he seriously gonna drop that line right now? Drop Drake Jake Kumaro shot out but yeah you start all those guys and now let me ask you where do you draw the line do you start uh, isaiah mckenzie anywhere or is nah, you just not playing enough? Nah, you, pl- you play gabe davis you play digs, digs. you play singletary knocks yeah. if you need him knocks if you sure. need him he had a good usage last week finally and now he's finally healthy so i'll even throw him in there 37 routes run and uh, only one pass block snap if you need him if you need him don't sure. force him in there but again you're missing kelsey you're missing Gerald everett yeah. one week yeah he's Bengals, already has five weeks there goes cleveland it's a, your Monday Night Football game here. Cincy, of course, coming off just another ridiculous performance by Joe Burrow and company there. Tyler Boyd, as we talk about every week, like Tyler Boyd is a playable guy as a flex because he's in this offense and mm. he can have games like he had where he just breaks out because he's a very good wide receiver. He would be a number one or number two receiver on like most teams, but he's yeah. number three because he's behind Higgins and Chase in this offense. So love everybody here. Cleveland, one of the worst run defenses in football, though. I know every week we're always like, maybe Joe Mixon finally breaks out. So Mixon did have a touchdown last week. Maybe maybe Joe Mixon has himself a good game here. But again, with Cincinnati, you just play everybody you have. I asked you every week. I'll ask you again. Thoughts on Hayden Hurst? It's the same same as it always is, my man. I mean, look at Tyler Boyd is the exact reason we don't like Hayden Hurst. is Because when you really boil it down, and Joe Mixon has been getting more a decent number of targets, 
he's Hayden Hurst is battling with Joe Mixon to be the fourth target in this offense. So it's just not super. They throw so much though. He still had six for 48 last week. I know, man. I know, but this still dude, it's six for 48. He doesn't never cracks 50 yards and the bad games are bad. Then he's no good. So, I mean, it's just like start him for the time being, but if you have him and you don't have anyone else, but don't, give up on looking for upside down the stretch because starting a guy like Hayden Hurst or a really boring quarterback is the best way to come in third place in your fantasy. That's all my advice. Yeah. yeah, Starting for now. I will say one thing on Joe Mixon, which is one of the more scary things that a lot of people don't look at is that he's now had three bad games pass blocking in a row where he's graded out as a 32. He got a straight zero. His grade for pass blocking week six was zero. Like he pass blocked on five snaps. He let up two sacks. And then last week, once again, Bad pass blocking grade. That is, that's that's scary because they've used Samaj P Ryan in that role in the past. So you don't want to see that. But for the time being, I mean, you start mixing wherever you got him. Yeah, and Tyler Boyd is kind of the Kareem Hunt of wide receivers, right? Where it's like you don't want to use him, but you're happy to have him when you need him, right? Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Now with Kareem Hunt, there's a little bit of trade rumors floating around. You see that, John? I mean, I have seen that for a little bit, but they keep saying he wants to be traded. But the Browns have said they don't want to trade him. So we'll see if that actually ends up coming through or not. Chubb got a touchdown last week, but also Nick Kareem Hunt got a red zone touchdown as well. It has to be a little bit frustrating for those who have Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, like, it's great for Kareem Hunt, but for me as an analyst, I would rather it just stay the way it's supposed to be. Give Chubb the rushing touchdowns and let Kareem Hunt catch his passes. And that way we can know what the heck's going on. So anytime it flips like that, it, it just it makes it harder we want predictability in this game. Now, David Njoku, unfortunately, has been rock solid for us. He's hurt. Harrison Bryant becomes an interesting option. He's going to step into that role. Farrell Brown is going to become a more of a inline pass blocking type guy. So where you need him, Harris Bryant. I mean, you could, the problem is that he has a bye week next week. So you still have problems at tight end. It's not like you can just throw him in there and wait for Njoku to come back. But for a one week spot start, not a bad play. Probably going to be too popular in DFS. And then Amari Cooper, you're in on. John, a guy that you have mentioned in the past, Donovan Peoples-Jones, is now his time to shine with David Njoku banged up. Listen, I I went on this show last week and I said I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like you looked at his recent production, you looked at his snap counts, they're always high. He's starting to get targets. Yeah, I am in on the D, Donovan Peoples-Jones train there. More so DFS because he's been so cheap, but again, like double-digit fantasy yeah. points now in four, three of the last four weeks. So, like... He's flexible in a full PPR league. 71 yards, 50 yards, 74 yards, 71 yards. I mean, back-to-back 70-plus yard performances. You're not getting that from a lot of places. Oh, with Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback, by the way. Right. So. Amari Cooper ran 38 of 38 routes. He ran 35 of 38. He's right there. Yep. He played one less snap than Amari. And like you say, if you can hold on, Sean Watson's going to come back. That's and then what it could I'm be, saying, right? Like, he could be a maybe game. sneakily try to grab him now for when Watson comes back. So Yeah. David Bell, any interest at all? No. Yeah, agreed. No, thanks. That's it, Coop. That's our look here at Week Eight. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about pretty good about the rundown. Didn't realize that was the Monday night game. Kind of like that. I, I like the Sunday game and I like the Monday game for this week. Not every week do we like that. I mean, Bears Patriots last week. Not only did I not like that from a fantasy matchup, but I hated the outcome as a Patriots <laughs> yeah. fan. So it should be a good one this week. Browns Bengals forty-seven point over under. Nice close spread. What is it? Uh. Browns favored. Oh, no, Browns are three and a half point dogs. Yep. That should be good. Should be a good game. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I like seeing Cincinnati play football. So, yeah, we have Buffalo and Cincinnati in prime time. We also have Baltimore, Tampa Bay. So, some good prime time games here for week eight after some duds previously there. So, that wraps it up. That's our week eight preview. If you have any questions, get us on Twitter, get us in Discord, and we will catch you guys later.